And we're live from the res here with special guest, Mr. Dominic Dom Espinoza with the Z's. How you doing, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Happy to be here. It's good to see you. I know uh, exciting times coming up. You got a got a run coming. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, January nineteenth. I'm doing a marathon. Uh, this will be my fourth uh, rock and roll marathon in Arizona. Um, so. Pretty excited for that. Is that the Phoenix area? Yes, sir. Yeah, right. it starts in Phoenix, goes through Tempe, Scottsdale, uh, drops you right back off at uh, Tempe, Tempe Beach Park. Okay, and everybody out there in that part of the world, uh, San Diegans, just look at it all as Phoenix, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> one neighborhood to the next. Yeah, it's a trip uh, when you're running through four different cities, though. Cause, yeah, I guess you really are, huh? Uh, in San Diego, you can you can get anywhere in about 15 minutes driving uh in arizona it takes about 30 minutes to get anywhere driving so just the traffic and everything no just because of the way it's set up and how spread out everything is it just takes a while to get everywhere so oh okay okay and uh and tempe used to uh, used to live out that way is that why you run out there or is there a reason you're not doing san diego instead uh i will be doing i will be doing the one in june here uh but i'm doing that one i do it every year um well i try to do it every year um but uh, that's where it that's where it originated. That's where I started doing them. So okay. uh, back in 2014. 2014. It's a while now. Uh, that's the rock and roll. So they have like music groups and bands and stuff like that, or do they play like a DJ? Do they have any kind of music going? Yeah. So every every so often, I don't know if it's uh, marked per you know so many miles, but every so often you'll run past. You know, they have a band stage set up, and you know they're rocking out, and it's it's a good feeling. You know, you get jazzed up all over again when you're feeling like you want to quit two miles in and so it's 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 pretty fun that's cool i want to i want to go out there and just like hang out like about a mile from the finish line and then whenever he comes in just you know jog that last mile and fall at the end (laughs) we're going live yeah Yeah, it's getting the knees (laughs) yeah it's it's a good time out there so yeah um you absolutely i mean so many times i've crossed that finish line and just wanted to fall right there but you know you gotta you gotta save face for the camera (laughs) just come crawling crawling and rolling barrel rolling through the end there's no shame in it but you know you uh you try to look good for the camera (laughs) so i imagine i mean a lot of training goes in so you don't look so rough obviously but even if you do train and you are ready to go i'm sure things happen huh they come up as you're running i mean it's it's 20 how far is it 20 um 23 miles 26.2 there you go everybody's like oh yeah that point two no that point two matters man (laughs) yeah i bet especially after 26 miles point two is a lot yeah um yeah there's uh there was one year i I mean i've always been pretty active but there was one year that i i definitely got injured and uh um i sprained my mcl uh playing basketball there's mm-hmm. a lot of side-to-side movement and uh so then i i decided it was a good idea to go running to about 10 miles after that after a couple hours of basketball and uh just put too much stress on it and i just just always how i've lived my life just go 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 and uh you know i i stopped running after that and went back to it uh, a couple weeks later and uh well no actually i took the rest of the time off Ran the race and about six miles in, I knew I was in trouble. So I was, uh, I was pretty, pretty painful. <laughs> I've never ran a marathon. I used to run a lot. I'd run uh, six, seven miles a day around Viejas. I res here. I'd go down, take a lap, come back. That was when I was in really good shape. I still try to run like um, two, three miles when I'm when I'm getting in shape. Like right now, New Year's resolution time, start of the year, trying to be healthy. So I've been. I started off like a mile, mile and a half. Now I'm up to like three miles. I'm running kind of comfortably. I'm really pushing myself. Um, but I know that like. Um, when you, when you're running, you get a little rock in your shoe or you get a little something and it's like, you let that go for a little bit, it just eat your feet up. Or if you have a little soreness in your leg, it just eat you up. You... Yeah. Um, you know, that happens on, uh, I mean, I don't really put up with that because you got enough. If you're, if you're regularly running, you have enough things that are chewing up your feet, you get blisters everywhere and you don't want anything extra like tearing up. But, uh, when you're running on trails opposed to running on like blacktop, I mean, you know, I, I prefer blacktop, but trails are, are decent too. They're easier on the knees and everything, but yeah, definitely don't want anything extra in there after you've uh, been running for two hours straight. It's uh, it's going to tear you up and put you out for the next few days. So do you do you have like a couple different pairs of shoes that you wear when you do that, or you just kind of have one good pair of shoe that you, you kind of train with and go into the marathon with, or which, what do you do yeah, for that? Yeah, I, I usually just use one pair of shoes. Um, I think, I don't really know how... 
other people do it. I think uh, the general rule probably is train with one pair of shoes, use that for the marathon, and then you're probably you're probably done with them at that point. They've gotten their use because you figure you got a couple hundred miles on them, so they're they're about done. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, due to certain circumstances, I'm using the same shoes that I've been using for the last marathon. It's dedication. That's good. But you know, it, Power it doesn't hurt me, so I think I think we're I think we're doing all right. So yeah, that's good. They're broken in already. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> They're ready to go. Ready to go. As long as you change your socks, you're good, I think, maybe. <laughs> eh, no, I'm just <laughs> My lucky socks, no. <laughs> I, have you ever lost, like, toenails or broke a toe or anything like that running? Uh, that is the uh, that is the grosser side of the running aspect, yeah. But uh, that happens, you know. You're, you're sweating in there for hours at a time, and, you know, I've definitely lost my, you know, pinky nail a couple times. It, your just nails get really soft looks like an old peanut huh yeah they just tear off but you know all's well now <laughs> yeah i think all endurance is like that when you're my wife and uh my niece well my wife's aunt passed away from cancer and so um, she wanted to walk in her memory in the susan g coleman th the 60 mile three-day walk and so i said all right i'll walk with you honey and and my uh, niece walked and we got a little team together and uh we had a anyways we went down and did the walk now I wasn't really aware that everybody trains a long time for that. You know, to me, my mentality was, ah, these are a bunch of old, you know, they're a bunch of older ladies out there and they're, they're walking. But me, I'm a trained athlete. Not that at the time, <laughs> I wasn't in the great shape, but I had that mentality. I'm like, oh, I can handle it. But like the day one, I remember walking. And after that, I was like, oh, so sore. My legs I was like, oh my gosh, man. Cause I'd been running a lot, but running and walking are way different. Oh yeah, It's way different. But one thing I noticed it was really weird because like after about seven, eight miles on the first day, um, people were like, um, I guess who didn't train much like me. No, they were off to the side at some of these, these like, um, you know, there's like little areas you would stop and you could get something to eat or drink and kind of calorie up, hydrate up. And there's like medic tents there and stuff. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are getting their feet bandaged up because um, a lot of people are buying brand new shoes and they beat your feet up if they were broken in. Exactly. And then a lot of people just did not train. So their, their toenails were coming off. They were swelling up and popping off their toenails. And I remember just seeing all these women there with like like no toenails or or they're like bleeding or they're all like swollen, like just beat up feet. And I was like, holy smokes, dude, like what I get myself into? And this is day one. So the <laughs> day, two, day two rolls in and I'm like, oh, we're going to do it. Felt good, crisp the next day. And I remember just walking and walking. And I did, it felt really good that day. But about the last mile of that day. And again, this is just walking. You think it's what, you know. At the end of the day, I was like, oh, my God, I am exhausted. My body feels so wore down. And the people who had trained, they were still ready to go. And my wife's a walker. She's active. She was good to go. And I remember after it was all over, uh, we wanted to get something to eat. We got in a taxi cab. And um, there was a, a driver from some part of Africa. And he was in there. And he was asking, like, hey, are you okay? What's going on? Everyone's in pink and all this, right? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm explaining to him what the Suji Coleman is and all that stuff. And... Um, I was telling him, I said, yeah, you know, we walked 20 miles yesterday and we walked 20 today. We're going to walk probably close to 20 tomorrow. It's a 60 day walk. And he was like, wow, that's a long way. And then he started remembering back his story. He starts telling me, you know, I was a young, a young man before I came over here. You know, I came over as a refugee and in our area, we we're being um, chased out by some, um, I guess, guerrilla forces or something. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me about how he was like 10, 11 years old and he had his little brother and his sister and how we had to like carry him. And in one night they traveled 50 feet barefooted through, you know, he's telling me this crazy Aww. story and I'm going like, and I get out of the cab and I was just like humiliated almost. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I've been eating like 20 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You know, I had my Gatorade, my feet are swollen. And I'm, I'm here complaining about like 40 miles in two days. And this dude did 50 carrying his little brother in dirt with no shoes, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I tripped out on the toenail thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh. Yeah, big time, big time. And so running's like that too, yeah. huh? You know, you know my, you know my cousin Philip. I mean, yeah. he's an ultra runner, so yeah, probably zero toenails. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just got nubs. You ran through them. I know we had him here a while back, and he was talking about running uh, ultra marathons. He's like hundred miles and yeah. stuff like that. They run all night and through the day, and that's like that's uh, that's crazy. One thing that I was talking to him about was um, the idea of running culturally because. A long time ago, that's how we got messages from one place to the next, was the uh, the running. You know, if I had a, a, an important message to get to the next village, our people would just jog over there, you know, bust out 10 miles or 
20 miles on foot, you know, and nowadays I feel like sometimes we think that's so far. Yeah. And not only that, but escaping certain situations, mm-hmm. you know, where they're, you know, um, you know, whether it be the Spanish or whoever coming yeah. up, you know, you know, uh, switch us over, you know, get us over there, the religion yeah. and everything. And, you know, so we'd escape, you know, and yeah, I was reading some stories and it's like, all right, we're going to leave the, the weak and the old behind. <laughs> and we're, we're out of here. We're, we're booking. <laughs> so, Got to uh, get the message through. But yeah, you know, it's, it, there is a, there is a cultural aspect, you know, to it. And, uh, I, I think about that, you know, mm-hmm. I think about that and I, I read these stories and it's, uh, it's very interesting, you know, it's like in your genetics a little bit to run like that. Maybe, huh? you know, I kind of, I kind of think that way. Um, I think that way at times, you know, people, people say, Oh, it's crazy what you do. It's crazy what you do. You know? And then I think, you know, I think about, you know, my cousin Philip who mm-hmm. does the ultras and things like that. I'm like, well, it's not that crazy. You know, there's always somebody that's doing way more than you. There's always, but it starts off steps, you know, there's, there's little steps you can take to get to that point, you know? And, um, when you're doing these steps and it becomes a habit after a while, it doesn't seem so crazy, you know, the goal always looks very, very far away and, and unachievable. But when you do the things that you need to do every single day, it, it becomes very, very clear. And you're like, wow, I can accomplish this. This, this isn't crazy after all, you know? Mm-hmm. So. I know for me, I was like, I was really a chubby kid. And, um, and so I, I started trying to run as a way to kind of get in shape back when I was like, uh, I don't know, maybe sophomore or junior in high school. Mm-hmm. And I would run down the street to like a telephone pole. Then I'd run like I'd walk to the next telephone pole, and I'd run to the next and jog kind of like that. Oh yeah, and um, training they call it, man. Is that what, is that what the technical? Yeah, that's what they call it these days. It was me. Like, probably... I, I called it catching my breath. You know? <laughs> exactly. I called it survival at the time. Exactly. But, but I remember thinking like, man, to run to the other side of the res, like oh, that's so far away. Like I need to get a drive a ride back. And before I knew it, I was able to jog there and jog back. And and then my mind started to think differently. Like I you know I used to, um I used to say, well, I'm in walking distance. Like if I went to Alpine, like. If there's something happened, the world end it, I could walk home and still be okay, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, it's not that far, you know, the like Alpine's like, you know, five, 10 miles from here. But even like in San Diego, I think to myself, like I could walk back. Um, I know like some of the local areas, the next row is over, there's elders there um, at the Saquon Reservation. And they talk about when they were young, all the men would, would get up every morning and they'd walk up to Lakeside or walk into El Cajon. Some of them wouldn't even walk towards downtown and they'd go to work and then they'd walk or jog back. And so it's like, man, that's a whole different um, mentality as opposed to thinking, you know, you think about distance, you got the psychological distance. There's as the bird flies, but then there's that psychological distance to think five miles isn't that far, or 10 miles isn't that far. And I think for me as a chubby kid, I used to think like a mile, P teacher, we're gonna run a mile today. And it's like, oh my gosh, man, can you just rip off my finger instead? But then as I start running, it's like a mile. That's like a warm up, you know, it's not yeah. really that much. But you like stretch your brain, you stretch your mind to think that you can do way more, you know? Yeah, that's the, that's the thing about it is, you know, it's uh, the fun the fun part. Well, maybe not fun for some, but the fun part for me is, you know, breaking down those ideas of what you think is possible for you and, uh, you know, just accomplishing really anything you want and quite literally one step at a time mm-hmm. so um and that you know that transcends through anything that you want to apply it to and that's the cool thing is it's it's mental and so just just apply it to anything and uh yeah it's do you feel like it builds your mentality as much as it does your body oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah um it 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 changes you, you know, when you're, when you're in that mode, I don't train, you know, year round. I really don't. But, um, you know, there's times I, I get a little lax and everything, you know, and I take some time off. Uh, you need a lot of time off after a marathon, but, um, uh, but yeah, you're just programming your brain and, and just like, it's so focused on one thing and, you know, you surprise yourself every day. You're like, wow, you know, I did better than I expected or I did more, you know, I did more miles than I was intending to do. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like I said, that, that goes all across, across the board for, you know, anything in life. So what is, what does it like, a, what does your training regime kind of look like? What's a, a distance, like for a day, like what do you run or 
what did you start out with? Where do you kind of plan to be on before you go do the marathon? Like, you know, like for me, like I was saying, I run like, I started out like a mile, you know, and I was jogging that real slow and then got to a mile and a half, kind of quickly within a month, I was up at two miles and, and now I'm at three and I'll probably taper off at five because that's just me until I kind of, you know, lighten, get a little lighter and, and strengthen myself. But that's always kind of been my window. If I let myself get out of shape, I'm always able to get back to running about, you know, three to five miles a day. And I feel real good at that kind of variance. Um, to get any further, I need to, I need to like really train and do a lifestyle change probably more, which I mean, you know, it's 2020, 2020, man, I might, <laughs> I might do it. Um, I am eating better. I've been drinking soda in a lot of years and I drink a lot of water. And so I might do it this year. I always say I'm gonna, but I kind of, so maybe I'll be doing a 10, but for you right now, getting ready, you're in the final, uh, countdown to your marathon. What did your training look like going into that? Well, it started off, uh, I never really went into it with a plan. I just okay. started doing it with a friend and we just started running, doing races together. And then it wasn't until I, uh, somebody proposed that I do a half marathon and I was like, all right, let's do it. You know, and it was up in Sedona. I don't, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar, but it's up in altitude and it's, oh, okay. it's, a, little, it's a little crazy. It's, it's, it's beautiful, but yeah, it's high altitude. February, Sedona, you know, snow, it's, it's, it's a little brutal. Um, but there's a, they, there's a template essentially that you follow, you know, and they, they found it online and you just kind of, uh, you don't just run, you, you don't just shoot for 13 miles every day, you know, so you start off light, maybe it's a mile and okay, uh, I can do then that. The, then the, I always give myself one day of rest at least, at least, you know, maybe two, depending on how I'm feeling. If I really pushed it, you know, two days, but usually not more than that. You got to listen to your body, you know? And then, you know, say the next next time you run, it's three miles. And then the next time you run, you try to go for that five miles, you know. But you got to work your way up to it. It depends on your, your level, if you've okay. been doing it for a while. So for me, in this training, uh, in this training, so what this, what this week looks like for me, um, started off um, with four miles, um, went down to two miles, and then I'll do 10 miles. I'm kind of tapering down because okay. we're getting close to the... You don't want to overtrain, right? That's a thing too? Yeah, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be sore coming, okay. up to, coming up to the race. But so, so you see, you know, it's, you know, small race, big race, you know, maybe do another small and then do another one that's, you know, you're getting closer to your goal. So by the end of it, um, you know, my, my longest race was 20 miles or my longest run was 20 miles. And then, you know, that week, the shortest, the shortest one I would have done is eight miles. So, okay. um, eight, yeah, about, uh, start off with 10, do eight and then back up to 20. Okay. Um, that's how I stagger it. It, uh, it allows me to push myself during the shorter runs so I can, you know, get that. It's like the interval training, you know, like you, what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, you can push yourself harder. And then when it comes time to doing those longer races, more endurance, you have the capacity to kind of take it easier, but your endurance is there. So it's, it, your heart's a muscle and you got to train, you got to train it. And, uh, it's, it's worked for me. You know? That's one thing I noticed like, uh, young people do sometimes is they'll go into a gym and it's like, all right, we're going to max out. Okay. How much can you bench or something, you know, or, and it's kind of like with running that people want to uh, make the mistake of pushing yourself to the limit like every day in progression, like, okay, it's new year. We're getting in shape and walking five miles every day. Wow. And it's like day three, they're just sore, hurt. And then mentally they're like, why am I doing this? I quit. <laughs> and that's it. They're done. And it's like, no, 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 you shouldn't be like, you know, take two chill pills, take three steps back and then, and then listen to your body. Right. Kind of ease into this stuff, make it a lifestyle. We're a not 18 bit. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, even when I was 18. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and like I said, that's what's what led to injury um, okay. before is kind of trying to do too much. I mean, I'd I'd wake up, go lift weights, play basketball for two hours, and then go on a ten mile run. That's uh, stupid. So <laughs> too much is what it is, huh? It was too much for my okay. body, and I wasn't really, you know, I was just like, ah, let's go for it, let's go for it. I can do anything, you know, and uh, that's what led me to that injury. And I I ran I ran that marathon that year. Um, it took me four hours to complete and I ran through, um, a very painful injury. It was, it was wild, but that's what you're going to do. 
uh, it was about six miles in and I, and I continued to go. It only hurt when I stopped running. So, you know, with that idea, <laughs> let's keep pushing. Let's keep pushing. One more step. But you know, um, but yeah, you know, that's what leads to injuries and stuff. And you got to think about that. If you want to have a long lasting career in this and you want to keep it going, uh, you got to take the necessary steps and take it easy on your body. And like I said, you know, giving yourself a proper break, don't always just go gung ho, you know, five days a week and just, you know, every day now just ease into it. Listen to your body, um, push yourself, always push yourself because that's how you allow for muscle growth again okay. with your heart. You know, if you do, if you do two miles one day, or if you do, if you can run three miles right now, you can run comfortably three or four yeah, miles. Yeah. Do one mile, but see how fast you can do that one mile and call it quit. Go home. Yeah. Cause then you're going to notice that time that you do that three miles you are like, Oh, this is easy. Maybe I should do five miles. I can do five miles right now. Yeah. And you'll find that that's, you're just making it easier on yourself every time. And, uh, so I always time myself, always time myself. That's, that's for me, that's key. Do you write this down or have you ever done that? The whole writing it down thing or keeping it a track of it on your phone or a device or something? Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got an app now. You oh, know? you got an app. Yeah, oh you know? yeah. I forget well, about that. It is, you know, <laughs> we are modern, you know, you're not writing it down on your little you know, booklet, you know, <laughs> my, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's no. the boomer in me coming out no, yeah. okay. dear diary <laughs> i did great today no um so your app records all that though it kind of tells you where you're at and yeah yeah okay. and it's it's well because it's like a stopwatch it's you know you have your gps on and it try it and it breaks it down to you each mile mm-hmm. so not only do i know how fast i did the whole thing i know that over the course of this the, these 10 miles that I only my per mile my minute per mile only dropped like 30 seconds over 10 miles mm-hmm. which is great because that means you're consistent you're running at a decent speed you're not picking up slowing down picking up slowing down you want a nice consistent run through the whole thing you ever you ever get on the map and go run like a message to somebody you know like you run it on the thing <laughs> and when you look at the map you screenshot it says like I love you or you know whatever uh, <laughs> uh. Uh, that I've seen people do Valentine's Day is coming, man. <laughs> Valentine's Day. I do it around my ex's house. <laughs> Look what I got for you. I was thinking of you. <laughs> so what do you do? Uh, what about diet, man? I know that's always a big thing people talk about. What kind of things are you eating? Um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, <laughs> I'm not very good with this at all. Um, I think it's really important to get fruits and veggies in, I know that sounds super cliche, but I also believe in getting, you know, just eat what you're comfortable with. Um, eat what you're comfortable with. Don't do any extreme, extreme changes to your, okay, I'm not giving this advice. This is for me. <laughs> I don't do anything extreme. I mean, I'm still going to eat those burritos. I'm still going to eat some pizza. You, know? <laughs> you almost went down that road where it's like, well, don't, uh, yeah, I don't. Because <laughs> what works for me, it doesn't work for some. Sure, you know, sure. For all. But, uh, but I do, I mean, I'm getting my, you know, carrots, you know, turmeric, ginger, you know, I'm getting my salads in there. Um, so as long as I'm incorporating that in, you know, you're getting as much vitamins and protecting your body as much as possible because you're breaking yourself down quite a bit. And, uh, you definitely, you definitely need those in there. Um, so yeah, I, uh, you know, I got my banana here right now. I plan on eating banana tailpipe. Yeah, <laughs> plan on eating that on the way back, and uh, that's that's you know that's sugar. That's um, you know that's amino acids that are going to help you uh, maintain throughout the run. So um, yeah, you know, I could get up, eat a banana, forty-five minutes later, run you know six seven miles, no problem. You know, so. Um, and it's a lot better. It's easy, easily digestible. You know, some people like to run on an um, empty stomach. Some people like to run on after the eating. Um, for me, if it's a long run, I'll definitely, I'll definitely get some food in there and it's going to be light, something your body can easily break down some fruit, uh, oatmeal, something like that. But, uh, short runs, you know, do three, four miles. I don't want anything in my stomach, honestly. <laughs> I can can't do it you know really i feel i feel heavy and yeah yeah just make sure you have to stop and go to the restroom maybe too how your body's digesting you're you're bouncing around that absolutely happens especially you know 
doing a marathon. I mean, there's porta potties out there for a reason, you know. Yeah. You you're compressing your stomach and you know, and that yeah, that that definitely happens. And I'm sure you've seen the the horror pictures of that. No, but I guess I'm gonna go Google later. <laughs> but I have a kind of experienced that. You know, when uh, I went running on a Sunday one time, when it was years ago when I first started running kind of good distance. And I, for a while, I was running on a track, so it was just kind of like right there. But when I started to run away from home before I came back, I ran the other side of the res, and then I was coming back, and my stomach's like, oh, man, I got to go. But it was like nobody, you know, like nobody was home, and there's nothing open. I was like, I don't want to go in the middle of the field. I don't want the cows looking at me. And I jogged all the way back, and, and luckily I went, to, you know, I, I don't know if he's watching this, but uh, I went to my compadre's house, and I said, you know, and I knocked, hey, anybody here? And I just went there, used the restroom, and jammed. And I tell him later, I said, hey, man, I went and, I dropped a bomb in your yard, you know, he's like, what? And I was like, no, I didn't do that. But I mean, I really did go, you know, not in his yard, but I just told him that. But, but I, I realized then I was like, whoa, man, that's kind of scary. You have to really think about what's in your stomach before you do these long treks like that. Or you can come back with no socks, you know, it's your call, but it's a real thing. It does. It starts getting your metabolism going and stomach's bouncing and all that. Do you think the cows would have been like, what's that smell? <laughs> They start judging me the way I judge them. <laughs> the way you try to roll up your windows when you pass a pasture. You're like, they're like, what is that? They're looking down on me. And then hydration. How how you do with hydration? Um, well, that's uh during the during the race, I mean it's easy because they have you know, they have things set up for you. You know, they have uh, Gatorade, water. Um now me I come from my family, we sweat, we sweat a lot. So by the end of the whole thing, I mean, there's salt all over my face. It brings it out. Okay. So I try not to drink too much water, but I'm going to try to get a little, uh, the, um, I'll get little cups of Powerade and then I get, uh, I take salt pills Okay. and, uh, those little chews, you know, there's a bunch of them. There's all sorts of different brands nowadays. But and some of those are just like solid electrolytes, right? They're, electrolytes, they're made for that, maybe the gels. caffeine, you mm-hmm. know, you gotta be, you gotta be a little careful, careful with caffeine. Cause that will, you know, that's a, it's a diuretic. It'll help you pass urine. And oh, everything. Okay. You'll, you'll want to go to the bathroom after that, but you know, whatever it takes to kind of, uh, keep you going and keep you from cramping hydration. Crack. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> no, I was just kidding. I should have joked. <laughs> I think uh, I tore my knee out. The piece of piece kicking in, though. I'm good. Rip it off. Throw it over your shoulder. It's <laughs> hobbling in. Uh, but yeah, that's always been a problem for me. Cramping. Okay. Um, about mile 20, 22, somewhere around there. I just uh, I start cramping up big time, and uh, that's always been something I've had to fight through and figure out. You know, keep modifying things. You know, it's a learning process for me because I don't have anybody that you know I've really taken. Mm-hmm you know, examples from or listen to. Cause again, like I said, it is, it is entirely up to you how your body is going to respond. What works for you may not work for me. What works for me may not work for you. And uh, you just kind of got, like I said, listen to your body. That's the, that's the biggest thing. I think it's an important message. Cause like you get involved in, in health stuff, you know, and, and there's always people telling you what you should and shouldn't do. Oh, that's, you're not doing it right. You should be doing this, this and this. You shouldn't be eating that. You should be eating this. But it's kind of like, you really do have to listen to yourself and see what works for you. And one thing I learned is that, uh, you know, depending on your genetics, you know, we all have roots in different areas around the planet. And um, some our people came from eating certain types of food. So like you look at like the people in Mongolia, like those dudes are carnivore diets. You know, they, they're eating like solid meat and drinking milk and eggs and things like that. But they're not, um, they don't really eat greens. And like, it's like, well, how are they functioning? You know, and these people are still healthy. They're living out that way for thousands of years. But they're... Um, if I was to do that, I think I would get sick, you know, because I'm not used to eating that kind of meat. You know, I've gone on kind of mostly carnivore diets, carne sada and pollo sada. Hey. But, uh, <laughs> but no, like if I eat too much meat, like it really sits heavy on me. My body don't digest it well. Oh, yeah. um, and I know a lot of people don't digest dairy very well. And so like we all have, uh, you know, there's allergies to peanuts and all this stuff. We all have different dietary needs and concerns. So when people are like, well, you can't eat those or you have to eat this, it might work for somebody else. It may not work for you. And vice versa. And I feel the same way about um, strength and uh, conditioning also where some of us are different body types where some of us are made to run distance. Some of us uh, struggle at doing that. Some of us are, are made to lift very heavy stuff and some of us struggle at that. And, you know, we all have different physical characteristics. And if you look at your family, a lot of times you'll carry their characteristics, but not always. But you can kind of see what works for you and, and for 
um, your own performance and whatnot. But if you're listening to somebody who comes from a different genetic pool from the other side of the planet, they've eaten for thousands of years different food, done different things, their body makeup's totally different, and they're you're, you're trying to model yourself in their in their little cookie cutter model. I feel like that's kind of that could be a pitfall because now you're you're trying to do something that's not natural to your body a little bit, um, and so like. You know, like what's his name, the swimmer uh, Phelps. I was just you know, exactly everybody always thing. goes to Phelps because it's like, well, that dude eats like nine, ten thousand calories a day. Let me get another uh, steak and bring some pancakes over. You know, everyone wants to eat like that. And like, no, 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 Phelps could do it. I could do it too. I'm gonna go swimming later. Yeah. But it's like, eh, maybe not. You well, know. Well, yeah, and those calories where he's getting them, I mean, they're gonna be very different than what you think. You know, yeah. how he's getting those. It's probably gonna be a lot of supplements, things like that. Um, and things that are lighter. You have to be lean, especially swimming. I mean, that you have to cut through the water. Low body fat, you know. Yeah. You, you don't want to be floating to the top when you're swimming. You don't want to be that picture of that guy that's so majestic. You ever see that where he's got his belly and his hair? And he's oh, like, my God. It looks like me at the beach. No, but, <laughs> um, around like a cauliflower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, and I, I, I bike too. And, I you know, you go through, I, I'll bike for five, six hours at a time and you do burn five, you know, you'll burn four or 5,000 calories and yeah, you have to replenish that and to not wither away, you have to add some. So you're going to get like 6,000 calories a day, but you have to make sure it's the right foods, you know, because yeah, it's, I mean, you got to replace that. You got to replace yeah. that nutrition and make it, but it's not going to come from just, you know, Couple of steaks. And, you know, Let me grab some potato chips. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> you could do that in the, you know, what three bags of lays. Like. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know what I found out though too is like if you eat like that, like oh I'm hungry, let me just get some Doritos and lays or whatever you know chips, and you're eating kind of like that junk food type of stuff. You can eat a bunch of it and it'll fill the void, but your body still feels hungry. You still want to eat because you're not getting those nutrients. Exactly. And so like if you eat like a, a solid steak and some greens or something kind of rich, then like your hunger goes away. It's kind of like if you go to – and I, I've, I've made this mistake showing up at a restaurant back when I used to drink soda and drink like six, seven sodas. But it's like I just needed a glass of water. I'm just thirsty, you know. Mm-hmm. If I would have drank a glass of water and then drank those sodas maybe, I probably would have only needed one or two sodas. But now I just drink a six-pack of sodas. My diabetes alert's going off. And, my, you know, I just drink a 1,000 calories or whatever it is. And oh, yeah. But I could have just drank a glass of water and, and not had that issue. So it's kind of, sometimes it's small things, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's – that's cool. That's a really good point, you know. Um, and uh, I've been guilty of that, you know, uh, especially running. There was uh, my friends were hanging out the night before the, the race, and um, I went over there, and there was pizza, there was soda, there was beer. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'll have some pizza. I'll have a beer. You know, people are looking at me strange and like, what are you doing? You got a race tomorrow. I was like, yeah, no problem. I got this. <laughs> and I was fine, you know, and the this guy that was asking me about it, he was running it too. And, you know, he didn't do it, but he finished after me. But it was it was more of me knowing my body, not saying that that's a great idea, but I definitely knew what I was capable of, you know. And, uh, but it is, it is in your best interest to do, you know, healthier things. They didn't know that I was eating salads and fruits all day. Like really, when you think of carb loading, you know, for a run, it's not just pasta and uh, potatoes and things like that. It's definitely getting those fruits and those uh, complex sugars in there Mm -hmm. so you can really have that endurance um, throughout the race. So, um, you know, it it, it is a good idea to promote, uh, you know, healthy eating and it, and the beautiful part about when you get wrapped up in this activity and you're doing these things for hours on end, hours on week, you know, throughout the month, you don't want the junk food anymore. You'd be, you'd be like, chips. Uh, why am I yeah. eating these chips? Like, I really crave. I, I crave nutrients. Your body craves it and tells you when you want it. So, like those sodas and stuff. No, nah, you just like I want some electrolyte water. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I feel that for sure. Like some people will say like they don't like water, they don't like taste of water, or they don't notice the difference between one type of water and another. And it's like, well, then you probably never kind of like got yourself in a position to appreciate water. Like if you ever go for a long run or a long hike or you're outside in a hot and you drink that water, it tastes so good to me. Or like fruits, like you get some fruit and it's like, oh, oh yeah. my God. Nice orange. You know, nice orange, mm-hmm. a lemon or something. It tastes really good. It feels good. You know, the other part of that, too, is like I always promote um, sobriety and all that stuff, you know, just because I think that's it's a good thing to promote. But, you know, a lot of our people do um, 
you do partake, you know, whatnot. And I noticed that when I did that three day walk is that, um, like at the end of every day, there was always a table set up with some like red wines and some beers. And, and at the, the time I, I did it three times. And one of the years that I did it, I was actually drinking that year. And, um, I did, I had a, a drink of, uh, I think it was like Coors Lights. So I guess it was technically water, no, but, <laughs> but no, uh, a little drinking humor, but, but I drank it one down and I was kind of like, it's kind of like the sugar is what I was looking for. I need the sugar. Dark chocolate's probably the best for that, but. But um, just to have that, like the carbs that are in that, you know, and yeah. I don't know. So uh, people have their own ways to try to replenish all of that. Problem is, is replenishing when you haven't eaten or you haven't done nothing, yeah. you know. Yeah, so it, it strikes me uh, as odd sometimes at the end of these races. I mean, there's always like, here's this free ticket for a beer. or Here's this free ticket for this junk food. And I don't get it, you know. I... Uh, I think they should be promoting healthier things. You know, they got the muscle milk and even that stuff isn't, you know, terribly great for you. Um, but they give you, they have bananas and fruits at the end too. But it seems like, you know, some of these big sponsors are really pushing their products, you know, Michelob Ultra's out there and things like that. So that kind of is being essentially shoved down our throats where, you know, you know, for young people who, you know, very impressionable want to start off doing something healthy, you're going to get, a little bit of this too you know you're gonna yeah. have to you're gonna have to see this like here's this you know it's muscle milk it's protein but it's also a ton of sugar and you know some, some just stuff you don't really need you can get protein from you know greens and everything else so yeah the, the supplement market can be kind of tricky because it reminds me of like a South Park. You're watching Stan's or uh, Cartman's trying to get buff, and he he gets like the weight gainer. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be buff, you know. He's like back in there, <laughs> but it's like that. That's people do have that mentality where they're like, I'm just gonna get supplements, and then that'll take the place of hard work and or planning. But a lot of times, it's like you could just get those out of natural foods and stuff. Yeah, supplements. They you know they the market is there to. Well, it, it's been. I feel like it's been a huge trick, but really. It's for people who may be on the go and don't have enough time to yeah. make a good meal and make a nice nutritious meal. You know, all right, I'm gonna drink this shake and uh, then I'm then I'm good. It's like no, nothing really takes the place of you know a solid you know some some protein and some salad and you know some of that good stuff. So yeah, um, that's another thing. You know, I I definitely talk to people about that. You know. Um, about the misconception of certain things that are promoted when you're doing these races and mm -hmm. these ideas it's not always you know it's not always what you think it is it's not always what uh, they're trying to tell you because somebody's getting paid and <laughs> yeah they're gonna they're gonna try to make you get their product of course so and some of that product you wonder how clean it is anyways because like uh professional athletes they have to get all of their their products their supplements screened sometimes you'll see i watch a lot of mma and there's been fighters that pop dirty and they're like, no, I haven't done anything wrong, whether they have or haven't, I don't know. But they'll blame it on the supplements. They'll say that there might have been a banned substance in the supplement that they didn't know because sometimes they cut, uh, the supplement companies will cut um, their supplement with a different type of you know, um, chemical and then that chemical might be banned. And but so there's traces of it there. The person might just be on roids too, but, but you see that. So it really yeah. makes you question like, is, are these products as clean? Are they as tested? Are they as, you know, as we assume that they are? And a lot of times on the supplement bottle, it'll say not tested by the USDA or, <laughs> you know, made in uh, someone's garage. No, yeah. it's just, but you never really truly know sometimes, you know. Well, you're getting paid million, millions of dollars to get in a ring and beat people up. And you have a uh, somebody who, you know, writes out your diet, cooks for you, yeah. maybe. Are you going to know exactly what goes in your body? I mean, I feel like I'm paying enough money. I probably will know what's going in. My... I don't know if I believe a lot of these people. That <laughs> yeah, sometimes you do stuff, question but, that. Yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, whatever. That's uh, at the same yeah. time, like if they're reading the bottle and it's like, well, these this list and those, they don't, you know, there's I'm good. It's not on the list. It's not all these things aren't on the list. I'm good. But maybe like it's a different name. I don't know, man. You yeah. never know. Or it changed slightly. Something that wasn't banned, you know, the year before is kind of accepted yeah. into. You know, um, I'm pretty sure that's not how Lance, Ar Lance Armstrong was busted, but uh, yeah, you know. he might have been doing a little something else. You know, I mean, a little blood doping. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole interesting thing, right? That what do they like take blood out and then they put it back in and you get the rush or? 
Well, I yeah. didn't understand that. That was a whole interesting thing. Oh, yeah. Well, the idea behind that is... Uh, it's, it's essentially like training in altitude, uh-huh. but without the training part. So you're, um, you're taking your blood cells out. You're forcing your body to create more. And then you're, after a few weeks, months, whatever, you reintroduce all those blood cells back in that are carrying oxygen to your muscles, brain, everything. And so you are you're doing you're twice as efficient you know or whatever the number is however much but you're more efficient you're getting more oxygen your endurance is going to be there so that's what your body does when you're when you're training in altitude Uh, you know it's the same same kind of thing um your body is forced to you're you're cutting off oxygen essentially you're in higher altitude less oxygen right so your body's forced to produce more red blood cells so when you go back down to a like say you're at sea level so you're training back here in san diego um you're you're gonna be you know kind of jacked up overcompensated your body's been overcompensated now you're i know like people do dialysis and they feel very weak from it because the blood's coming out and, and then it comes back in they feel a little bit better you know whatever but I, to just double up your blood, man, that's got to be such a rush, I imagine. That, that's crazy. I, uh, I don't know. Sounds fun. I want to try it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy? Probably in the future, like, they probably will have something like that. You know? I mean, you hear about, like, uh, stem cells and all of these other, you know, the science of, of blood right now going on where they're talking about, you know, maybe engineering. Engineering health is, I guess, what they're trying to do. They want to make, you know, healthier people. But then you get people, you know, the talk of like engineering kids, or you can decide the eye color, the uh, maybe skin color even, or the hair color, or the height of your of your kids, and then all these kinds of crazy things. And you know, at the point it gets it's really easy to do these things, you wonder like, yeah, I guess you could go somewhere, and instead of an oxygen bar, or you know, it could be a or a vitamin bar, like it would be a blood bar where you could you could get injections of some kind of blood, and now you're all pumped up and. I don't know, man. That's <laughs> I'm, I'm giving I'm giving birth to uh, six NBA All Stars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and retire right now. <laughs> they'll take care. Um, they'll take care of you the whole way. That's your retirement plan. That's my retirement plan. I I feel like a lot of this though is a mentality of like um, like some people come from from health uh, and they create this culture and their lifestyle, in their mind of like you know, I want to eat right, I want to kind of get back to nature, I want to go hike, I want to run, I want to do these things, kind of in a natural way. Then I feel like there, there is a d- different side of it too, where some people are like, "Well, you know, I, I want to get the chemicals, the supplements, and you know, and really just push myself to the max and find a new way to break through to these new physical realms." And me, I always think like in the middle is probably good. You know, if you need supplements, take them, but you should probably stay close to natural as possible. Eat foods that are in me. I say like eat some of our indigenous food because your your genetics are already used to eating those foods down. Where maybe somebody else's superfood might make you sick um so should we power you know all that kind of stuff but um like chia seeds or this is a a superfood but it's like we've been eating that forever you know what i mean oh yeah it's good for you chia but um but but like i was saying that chemical side the supplement side like i see people online and they're taking like the Mm pre-workout and you think they're just taking dope man like they're like i'm gonna take a couple of these and go work out and it's like but do you need that to go work out? Like, I mean, it's cool you're taking it, but do you need it? Like, you might be giving yourself a heart attack, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's another thing, you know, be very mindful of what you're putting in your body when you're doing that. You know, there's there's caffeine for, for that energy. Um, there's uh, certain things that, uh, there's nitric oxide that, you know, is going to dilate your blood vessels mm-hmm. where, again, that's another thing. You're, that creates a bigger bigger uh you know pathway for more more blood cells more oxygen to your muscles so you know people do that and uh you know it works um so but yeah there's there's some filler but they you know they put put in amino acids and things like that stuff that's gonna help you with endurance i'm sure there's companies out there that make a you know a shady product but uh or too much caffeine you know yeah all right i don't need to uh you know pass out my mom used to say coffee, uh, you know, like with caffeine, with coffee, she'd say, drink coffee, drink it black. Cause she'll, she was a little kid drinking it. They had like a boil order, you know, she grew up, the water wasn't so good. So they were always boiling their, their water. So she grew up on coffee. Her old people all drank coffee and she, like did black coffee. When she was like five, six years old, she was sipping on black coffee in the morning. <laughs> and so she's always drank coffee. Mom's My mom's a smaller lady, but um, she'll still drink like a cup of coffee and then she'll, right, I'm, great. I'm going to bed. Good night. 
she'll just drink the coffee like that. She could drink it black. She's always told me, she says, son, the coffee is healthy. It's good. It's like beans. It comes from mm-hmm. beans, coffee yeah. beans. She says, there's like beans that you eat and there's beans that you drink and they're good. But in some ways, she's right. Like it is like if you drink just coffee, and I'm not saying drink some crazy amount, but if you don't put all that, that creamer and the sugar and all these crazy things inside, you're just kind of drinking it in its original form. Yeah. It's not that bad if you drink a little bit of that. Get you going. It does get something to your blood a little bit, your heart. But now it's when you drink like, you know, cowboy coffee and three cups of it. Now you got palpitations and Oof, yeah. falling apart. Even green tea, you know. Green, green tea, tea uh, yeah. I think, you know, if you compare certain coffees to, uh, you know, one bag of green tea, it's going to be pretty comparable. So, or if not, a little bit better. And just, you know, you're putting a clear liquid instead of this coffee that, you know, you see it stains people's teeth and stuff yeah. like that. And it's like, all right, well, let's go for the cleaner, the cleaner of the two, you know. Yeah, tea's a good healthy choice. Do you uh, do you drink teas a lot? No. Is that no? <laughs> Sounds good, but I'm honestly say I was just say that I always hear good things about tea. I drink tea when it's like when I'm sick or I need medicine or something like that. But other than that, I don't I don't really drink tea. I don't yeah, know why. you know sometimes when I'm like trying to taper off of everything, yeah. but I don't want like those headaches because I got those withdrawals. You know, like, oh, I'm okay. like all right, let's you know let's taper down a little bit, get some green tea, and uh, try to get off all the. Try to get off by everything, <laughs> you know, but it's tough, man. I got that caffeine fix. I, I'm not to the point where I can drink three cups and just pass out, but maybe one cup. <laughs> I, I like never drank coffee for years. I like once in a while, but then like a few years back, I started drinking it and I was like, oh, I really like, you know, be able to go and, and, and I actually start to like the, you know, I like to get a coffee in the morning. I like how it warms me up. I like mm-hmm. the taste, have a little snack with it. It's not probably the healthiest thing, but I do it. And it's like, but I don't know. I need to really think about going over to tea. But for me, like coffee's warm. It's so convenient. You can get it anywhere. And you've been doing it forever. Yeah. yeah. I've created that dependency, yeah. you know? And that's the thing with all of this. It's like, you have dependencies, you know? Like, obviously we want to stay away from drug dependency, alcohol dependency. We want to stay away from negative people dependency. No, we want to <laughs> stay away from, uh, but we want to get to like more healthier dependencies, you know? And it's like eating good, putting a workout regime in your body, you know, in your uh, daily practice. You know, you want to go work out, you know, get healthy. You want to have, um, you know, obviously educate yourself and, and all of these kind of cool positive dependencies where I know what, uh, for me, when I started running, I got to the point where I had like runner's high. You know, we're yeah. like, where you have to run or you feel kind of, you kind of almost feel dirty or something. Like you feel like you're missing out on something. Do you feel that way? Um, I mean, I get the high after I'm done running. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, it looks like I'm high. <laughs> um, I mean, I've, I've gone into work sometimes and I'm just like, I'm like, my head's feeling a little light. Because you, you think you're depriving your brain of a little bit of oxygen after pushing yourself that hard. So you do essentially get high. So um, I don't I don't actively chase that, but I do actively chase the fact that uh, I'm pushing myself to another limit. So if I get that, I know I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta find your motivation for the whole thing. A lot of people are like, Especially right now, we're at the beginning of the year, beginning of the decade. Um, I think a lot of people uh, are going to be like, all right, I'm going to go run. And they're going to stop after, you know, come February. It's like, what happened with that? Uh, I'm not doing it anymore. I, I don't know. I just... Eh, I got busy. It wasn't yeah. for me. Yeah, I got, got caught up. <laughs> yeah, you know, work's been pretty crazy. But, you know, find your motivation. You know, what, what was your motivation? Is to stay in shape or... I was trying to find a chick, man. <laughs> I was young, I was a teenager. No, I was, I was, uh, I was with a bunch of things. You know, for me, like I was, I was pretty thick, and I wanted to. It was hard to find clothes. I mean, every time I dressed, I didn't feel comfortable in my clothes. Um, I was surround. I don't know. I just. And then the other thing too is when I started doing it, I kind of I enjoyed I enjoyed doing it. You know, I wanted to play sports. Was another thing I wanted to play um, sports at school, and and I was way too out of shape to play or even be any good. So. You know, it was kind of like, well, I need to start getting in shape. I was also doing martial arts at the time. They had, uh, oh man, had this dude come out to the res and he's come out to a couple of the reses here. May he rest in peace. Dude was so legit. Um, rest in peace. Shout out to the late uh, Grandmaster James A. Wilson. And man, that dude would come in and he was a Taekwondo black belt. Oh, yeah. And uh, man, he looked like uh, Lou Gossick Jr., you know, like, and, but he was. <laughs> It was just so legit because we'd go there and I was like chubby Indian kid there, you know, they were all in the class and 
He'd be like, punch me in the stomach. He'd be like, what? He'd be like, punch me. Like, all right, so you punch him in the stomach, but his stomach was like, he had this belly, but it was all muscle. And then he'd be like, whoa. And then he'd be like, all right, we're going to do some push-ups. So he'd get down and do push-ups, and he'd be like on one hand, like you're pushing him out, you know? And he'd be like on one hand, doing one hand of push-ups, looking at you like, come on, you can do more. And I'd be like, this dude's legit. And then he was always like telling stories, you know, and like he did a lot of things in his life and he was in the you know legal and the medical and all these different industries. And, and he also did the, the uh, Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. And so we would go up there and we'd be training and sparring. And so it was kind of like, that kind of got me thinking like, I should probably get in better shape, you know, cause I'm always out of breath and I'm going to kind of, you know, uh, force myself to go through his, his, his uh, number one um, technique, I guess you'd say was the, um, we would train this dude for like like 20 minutes straight the single and the double finger eye attack <laughs> and he would say because he would say you know you can punch people and you kick them this and that but you're gonna lose if the guy knows how to do it better than you or if he's big because adrenaline kicks in you punch somebody and i always tell girls this too i said watch ufc watch boxing these dudes get cracked in the face kicked and beat up i mean sometimes it goes lights out sometimes it's go night night but a lot of times people if you punch somebody they're gonna look at you especially a big dude especially if they're crazy you know they got the mike myers you know uh effect going um especially if they have adrenaline pumping you punch somebody who's trying to attack you they're gonna look at you you know you can bust someone's nose cut their eye they're gonna look at you right. if you kick them they're gonna look at you but you know in the grandmaster james a. wilson would say take them in the eye you say and he used to always say this and and I, I i i tell people this this day like you know someone's really trying to attack you you know try to get away i have no problem with you i have no problem with you there's a point at which they have a problem with you and they're going to attack you. And that's when you really let them know, I have no problem with you. And you go with the eyes. And we would train this. like, ugh, ugh. And it was always like a single finger or a double finger eye attack. And it was so, it was so ridiculous when we were training. It's just like, this is out of a movie, dude. Like, really, I'm going to poke a guy in the eye? <laughs> but we would train that over and over. And then we would follow it up with a karate kick to the growing, right? Like a boom, you know, like we would train this. It's like, ooh, ooh, ah, ooh, ooh, ah. And he would like scream. He'd be like, bache. And he'd do that. Like, this dude was so, <laughs> like, I was speaking Korean. Like, kicho punse ilbo. I'd be doing this whole thing. Kyung ye. And uh, he was such a character, you know, may rest in peace now. But but um, he would be like, <laughs> one time I was kind of like sparring. He'd show me a thing, right? I was the I was the dummy for the this example. And man, I had, he had my hair tied up in my hand. <laughs> He's like, see, that hair could be tied around your, your throat and you could have been, you know, choked out and dead somewhere. And I'm like, well, I guess I could, you know. But he would like, uh, you know, say like, you should keep your hair back in case somebody attacks you. It's not in your face. And, and um, but it's true because I watch a lot of you, like I said, watch a lot of MMA. And you'll see these guys, they'll get beat up, beat up. But the moment a finger goes in the eye, they're like, that's it. That's, that's it. it. Stop, yeah. stop. Five minutes. Just a barely little touch of the eye. And they're like, stop, stop. You know, they could be getting kicked in the head and punched. And once someone kind of swipes a little, Kick to the growing, like, oh, well, no, wait. Yeah. they're on the ground, I'm like, oh, I can't move. So it really does tell you, and I, I tell my, my kids that, I say, you know, um, my daughter especially, I say, if some guy tries to t- take you at the mall or something, traffic you, every parent always goes, punch him, hit him. Like, no, 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 take their eye home. I always tell them, screw, take their eye. Oh, yeah. Take them both, you know, they want to take you home, we'll take their eye home, we'll call it even. You know, yeah. See how funny they think it is, and you go, bing, to their eyeball, or, you know, kick them in the... And the in the Netherlands, you know, and then you go running <laughs> off after that, you know what I mean? But but it's true. One poke to the eye, man. And uh ten years of training, you know, I got a couple belts and all that, and that's the one move that I still remember. <laughs> Just the one. <laughs> Hopefully I don't get punched, you know, but if I can get close to get that eyeball, you know. Oh, yeah. That's that, you know. <laughs> yeah, long uh range with that leg too. <laughs> get the sweeping the leg across, get the toenail in the eyeball. But, you know, that's what motivated me, though, is he would kind of, it was kind of like tough love, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always thought it was funny, and a lot of our, our, our crew here in Viejas, we'd go up there and train, spar with them and stuff like that. So I started jogging. He'd always say, like, you know, we train Tuesdays and Thursdays. He'd say, like, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like, I should show up, and you guys should be getting in better shape because you're doing this outside of class. And we would stretch, man, and I hated stretch. I still hate stretching, but I'll do it because I don't want injury. But I started running, like I said, telephone pole to telephone pole. Before I knew it, I was lapping the res. And then I start to feel it. I could see all the, you know, at one point I had like a six pack for two weeks. I had a six pack. <laughs> I was hitting it every day and I got it. And after a while I was like, it doesn't mean that much to me to <laughs> have to do 12 minute abs, you know, at the end of every day. But, um, so I let that go, but I've always tried to stay close, you know, to fit. And I seen him uh, years later and, uh, he looked the same. He didn't age or nothing. And he looked at me, he goes, Hey, you know, you look good. You know, I'm glad to see you're still, 
So he met me, like I said, I was real chubby. Mm -hmm. And then it seemed like when I stopped training, I was in pretty decent shape. And then he had seen me years later. And not that I'm in great shape, but I was in decent shape, shape still for my age. And, and um, he was still in fantastic shape. And then he passed on. So may he rest in peace. But so, but his, uh, I know his students, like he's had students all over the place. And I know like, man, the, every time I talk about him with one of the students, like we all have the same stories of like, <laughs> sound effects man <laughs> you see a you see a fight go down and somebody goes for the eye immediately and you're like oh. <laughs> he trains <laughs> yeah. he was trained by the best <laughs> yeah that's like uh uh kevin hart says he goes you never fight a guy who starts dancing around trying to fight with his feet <laughs> who fights with their feet <laughs> oh god <laughs> but it's true you know but um you know you're not out there trying to fight nobody but self-defense man you want to try to not lose your eye and stuff but uh, what motivated you to do all this? The running, especially with doing all this. Did you do it when you were a kid, or? Uh, no, I actually I hated it. Um, I hated it for the longest time, you know. But I always, I always did things to stay in shape. You know, grew up playing basketball, um, sports. Um, but running was never just running for fun. Was it's not fun, you know. Um, but then uh, it became it was. Com uh, competitive so a friend uh, at work was like hey let's do this run together I was like cool let's do it and yeah that was my that was my initial motivation for the competition um, and so did those 5k's 10k's half marathon well uh, when I was 26 so about what, five five and a half years ago now um, my best friend passed away um, and we we're living in Arizona at the time and uh, he passed away from ulcerative colitis and uh, right now there's no cure for it um, so it's ulcers in your um, in your digestive tract okay so you know it causes a whole slew of problems you know uh, Crohn's is tied to that so um, I'll be eventually raising money and awareness for that uh, so I haven't really done that it's all been like very spiritual in my own kind of uh, my own kind of thing but uh, we started running 26 miles in, in memory of my uh, in memory of my late friend uh, so his brother came down he, his brother is living in uh, North County and came to Arizona and was like hey do you want to run this marathon with me and I was like you know what I never thought about it I, I thought I was gonna do it someday but I made that someday happen and so just started running and uh, you know, just never, never thought about it twice, you know, just wanted to do it every year just to honor him and, uh, you know, and have that memory and, you know, and, uh, and kind of motivate people in the same aspects, you know, my motivation could, could, could inspire others, you know, to, uh, you know, if, if you can, if you can do something, if you're alive and, and, and able, um, get out there and do it you know uh you never know and not to sound morbid or anything but we never know when our last day is going to be you know so if there's something you wanted to get out and do just one step at a time just do it and that's the that's really uh that's my that's my mantra you know just like one step at a time and you know like i said quite literally um but uh that's fueled me and it's been uh it's been beautiful you know it's uh it's bittersweet doing the whole thing and that's why even through injuries and stuff even when i probably should stop i just can't you know it's just uh i feel like his energy like fuels me you know and uh yeah it's it's good stuff and then at the conclusion of of the day when you finish running that day you must really feel an emotional connection at some point huh oh man big time i mean even throughout every every stage of it you know mm -hmm. starting off like uh starting off and you know you're just getting warmed up you're a couple miles in to midway you're like i want to quit but you keep thinking of that and it just it fuels you and uh and uh yeah and then finally at the end you just you know just fall over collapse in this heat but you're just like man i did it you know we did it and uh yeah it's a it's a it's a great very uh emotional experience well we'll say this you talk about motivation you know like you for sure motivated me because i was talking to you a while back when you started your training mm -hmm. and i thought to myself man i haven't been ran in like like i kind of stopped for a while there and uh you motivated me to get back i was like i better start getting back into it like literally months i haven't ran in months months and months and i usually never get too far from running because Again, I know what it's like to be so out of shape, 
and I want to always stay close to where I feel like I can do things. You know, I want to be able to move around and do things with my kids and whatnot and not feel out of breath so much. Went to Big Bear a while back and I was doing stuff and I was like, <sighs> and I know I'm in high altitude, but come on, dude, I wasn't that out. You know what I mean? Like I should be able to breathe, but I could feel hard breathing. And I remember when I was out of shape when I was younger, I would do things or walk places or do something that you shouldn't be breathing hard and I'd be breathing hard, tying your shoes. And be like, okay, let me finish tying. You know? And it's like, that's not good. I need a break. I need a break. And, uh, but then when you get to it where you're in shape and you don't ever feel that, I went years without really running out of breath or really having to worry about my air and things like that. I do a lot of singing and I want to have that air so I can breathe and do these things and just live, you know? And uh, so I always try to stay close to fitness I'm not so worried about looking good or the big look good muscles or nothing like that. But I always like my cardio to kind of be in check. Uh, I have I have like heart. Um, I have family that have had you know history of heart disease and things like that. So okay. I want to make sure that I I kind of strengthen myself. So so I'd never get too far from running. You know what I mean? Or do hiking or cardio. But I had kind of let that happen. Like or started the year strong, and then I got towards like September, October, and I kind of had cut off, and then I didn't do anything for you know, end of September, October, November, December. And then I think I was talking to you. Yeah. At the end of December, mid December, you were talking about this. And I said, Oh, you know what? When the new year comes, I'm back. I got to get back to running. So I did, I started running, um, the days leading in that little stretch between Christmas and new year's. I started kind of for me running a half mile, mile, getting myself back up to decent running shape. So, um, still running. I'm going to try to, like I said, like do it as long into the year as I can. And then See where I go. Maybe jump into like a half marathon or something just to have, you know to do it, and then hey then rest. I mean, let my body rest. Man, yeah, man, I'll go yeah, run with you. Even a five k, ten k. I mean, and you don't necessarily have to sign up for a race to do that. You know, um, I do it just because of you know of the reasons I told you. Um, but I'll go out and I'll just run around Fiesta Island. Yeah. You know. Um, or even a hike, you know, a solid hike. Just go up uh, Cow's Mountain real quick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not running up a bit. I'm not running up it, but uh, just just uh, get that activity in there. You know, different scenery, different change of pace. Go with somebody, have fun, you know, make something out of it. A little morning, uh, get your coffee and go up there, like whatever, you know. Um, and even if you don't feel like running out every day, like you said, the heart heart problems, heart disease, things like that, you know, 30 minutes, you know, a few times a week is, is going to make a world of difference. So, um, you know, there's definitely, definitely benefits to doing that, you know, tie, tie something to your kids or like, you know, like, you know, <laughs> like chase your kids. Like, Hey, I hit some money at the top of that hill over there. <laughs> I'd have to go keep up with them. Yeah. See, see what happens, you know, or they pull you on a string or something. It's a great way to uh, be a tourist, though, to travel, go to a new city or stuff, is to go jog. When I first, uh, or one of the first times I went out to Washington, D.C., uh, like, if you've never been out there, Washington, D.C. is kind of like, it's like a few miles, kind of in a straight line where it's like the the uh, Supreme Court and across the streets, the Capitol building, and then, you know, it's all of the, the National Mall all the way down to, like, the Lincoln Memorial and, you know, the Washington uh, Memorials. In the middle. They're all, like, right in the line. And so it's kind of like, well, you can take a taxi, all those things, or you can walk from one another. And but I kind of didn't get the understanding of it. So I, for me, I was like, well, I'm just going to jog it. So I got up early and I jogged a big lap. You know, I got to see everything really okay. within like, you know, half hour, an hour. And then I, I knew what I wanted to go, actually go spend more time in. So then I took, you know, a taxi over there and and spent more time in the museums and all these things. But it was a great way just to kind of see everything. So I've done that a few times. Different cities have gone to where maybe I don't have a week to sit there and look at everything, yeah. but have some time. And parking is yeah. a crazy one. And I don't want to take taxis, Ubers everywhere. So. Just go put on the shoes and go run it out and go see everything like right there face to face as you're jogging and kind of with the people. You kind of see what's up and get the vibe of the area. San Diego is a great city to do that. Just go down there, run the beach. And, and see the you countryside. Know. You can yeah. see all that in a day. You know, Go up to Cowles and look down, right? Yeah. It's incredible what you'll miss from a vehicle as, as opposed to what you can see on foot or even on a bike. I love biking too because mm-hmm. I can go 50, 60 miles and you'll see so much. But you'll miss, yeah, like just getting out there um, on foot or something. Uh, you know, you'll you'll miss all these little hidden treasures if you're on uh, if you're in a train or in a car or something like that. So yeah, that's a that's a great idea too. So true. I learned that when I ran out of gas one time. I was walking the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I never. <laughs> oh, 
10 bucks. Now I can fill this thing up. <laughs> hey, so, okay, so it's all coming together. You guys, you're going to go run out there at the Rock and Roll uh, Marathon out in Phoenix area. And you said January 18th, is it? It's uh, January 19th. A 19th. Yeah. Okay. Um, in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. It starts at 7. So we'll be out there. Um, I'll come back. I'll do the one in uh, June here. Okay. Um, Maybe that'll be my goal. I'll go jump in with you at least for hey, you know, at least a couple miles, you know, yeah. push myself out. But it's it's crazy out here because, you know, you, Arizona is so flat. And uh, oh, okay. out here, it's a huge difference. But it'll be oh, fun. See, I should have got ready for that one yeah, then. <laughs> it'll be very challenging. But... Uh, you rolling yeah. out with a crew? You got you got sponsors or anything like that? Uh, LOI. All well, right. Linton, they paid for my spot. I uh, I'm ever so grateful for the company we work for, man. Nice, Lovelace and Linton Archaeology. Yeah, they're uh, you know they're they cool. love they love us. So they take care of us, and uh, yeah, they paid for my spot this year, and uh, you know, uh, it's uh, it's great. It's a great thing. That's cool, so, man. Um, That's cool. They're promoting you like that to go do something positive like that. And anybody in the Phoenix area, you guys are gonna be there. Check in, man. Come cheer on Dom at the at the at the run there, the race. And I'm sure there's probably, I mean, Phoenix area's got so many natives. There's probably be a lot of natives out there. Link up with one another online, you know, and maybe make a little uh, native race team out there, you know, and cheer each other on and stuff like that. It's kind of cool to do that. I know in uh, some of the five Ks I've done, I've, I've run into some people and done things like that. It's kind of cool. It adds a little something to it. Uh, I'm talking to Connor right now, and I'm trying to get him out. Ah, there going, so. Shout out to Connor it's Hensley. Like, yeah, it's like two hours away. I mean, you know, he could come up for the yeah. day. Yeah. So, he yeah. could put down his protest sign and well, come. <laughs> um, uh, Kumiyaki uh, yeah. integration there. So That would be cool, man. Yeah. Like our people used to, you know. Like they say that. Well, like, I think in our own, like I said, psychological distance, we think of those guys so far over there. It's like so far away, but our people used to run and, and hang neighbors, out with each other. Yeah. You know, they say it took one day to get from the ocean to the desert, you know, to the Quechan Nation. And those guys could run it out to the Peeposh out there and Maricopa areas and then over there to the Aki, you know, so you think three, four days be over there and a message or a trade item or just a person even, you know. So it's in our blood, it's in our in our uh, genetic code, it's in the genetics of the land to come together, run, enjoy one another. So yeah, he better roll through, man. Better. Good times. I used to uh, I used to train. I uh, trained around uh, Tempe Beach Park when I when I lived out there. I don't know. You're familiar, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I haven't ran through there or nothing, a, but yeah, it's a man-made lake. But I remember, you know, the coolest the coolest part of this um, um, is that I would always think I'm like this smelly, smelly lake. I'm like, you know, someday I'm just I'm gonna train next to the ocean. And then one year I just up in moods and you know got more familiar with my people and uh, you know um, here I am you know training next to the ocean and making dreams come true. So you know that's that's another thing I like to promote to people is like just you know go for it and do whatever do whatever you want and uh, you know if you think something and you you keep thinking it yeah just make it you know somehow make it manifest for you and uh, yeah. It's um, I'm living out a dream right now, being able to do this. So. Come back home and be in your Kumeyaay territory, right here next to the ocean, smelling the breeze and yes, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Well, man, I want to thank you for coming in. It's been uh, it's been awesome. This Thanks is uh, the year. Try to get in shape. You know what I mean. Trying to promote health for everybody out there, and so it's important to hear you know voices like yours to come and share what it actually looks like to be out there running, doing these things, jumping in marathons, promoting health, and uh, living that good life. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. My cousin Phillips a good example of that. Yeah. Activist runner, so he's he's always doing the same same things out there. So it's yeah. in our blood, and uh, you know, happy to share. Happy to share, and uh, thanks for having me on. Right on, man. That's that Mesa Grandy power. All right, man. Live from the res. Thank you.